0: James Bible Study Number 2, The Trial Thesis For lay leaders and deacons to conduct after the Sunday service or during a midweek Bible study session. Hear the word of our Lord from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Introduction St. James penned his letter as an address to all Christians in the dispersion of various churches outside Judea. As James was written around the same time as Galatians, The primary purpose of the epistle is likely a clarification regarding practical Christian life as preparation for the Jerusalem Council. In Galatians, St. Paul rebuffs the Judaizing heresy which claims that Gentile Christians must be circumcised, follow the Mosaic law, and essentially forfeit their identities as Gentiles in order to be saved. The Epistle of James reminds the reader that though St. Paul is correct, it does not mean that believers exist in a state of moral anarchy. But before St. James begins straightening us out and correcting misinterpretations of sola fide, he offers a simple but powerful thesis. Our trials are good for our sanctification, and to navigate our circumstances, we must appeal to God in faith. In other words, to a persecuted church, the message must ring loud and clear, rejoice and request. We rejoice to know that this will make us stronger. We request wisdom from God to make it through. Verses 2 and 3 say, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. St. James is in agreement with the author of Hebrews that the crucial virtue to hold to in times of testing is endurance or steadfastness. Hebrews 12 verse 7. A key difference, however, is that the author of Hebrews extols endurance as a means of going through God's discipline, while St. James speaks of the testing itself as producing this same steadfastness while going through trial. So which is it? Do we need endurance for trials, or is endurance the reward of trial? While it is true that there is a distinction between trial and discipline as both authors speak on the matter, either way, both are a good thing which yields greater character by our Lord's doing, James 1, verse 2, 1, verse 17, and Hebrews 12, verse 11. In one sense, there is an element of needing the thing to get more of it the same way one might opine you need to have money to make money. The believer must learn to exercise steadfastness in order to make gains in endurance itself. The point stands, though, even if this is incorrect, that St. James counts this as a good thing, despite our instincts to the contrary. The world weeps at painful circumstances and rejoices at poor character. The Christian is to rejoice at painful circumstances and lament poor character. Verse 4 says, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The Christian who is steadfast, able to endure any trial which threatens his faith, has become the saint whom God wants him to be. The difference between an immature Christian and a mature Christian is not the level of education in Scripture or the amount of devotional acts one participates in, but instead the endurance of faith. The mature believer, while certainly not morally perfect, has a strength which ensures that he is rock solid. In other words, St. James is saying that undergoing trials is a part of sanctification and preservation in the faith. The Christian is preserved in the faith by several things. St. James's audience would be aware that the word baptism, and the Lord's Supper all produce and maintain faith. John 21, 25, Acts 2, 38, John 6, 54, and later, after St. James has written his epistle, Romans 10, verse 17. Here, he emphasizes trial as an aspect of preservation as well. Whoever has their faith made stronger by persecution is also better preserved in that faith. Endurance makes the believer perfect, accomplishing a maturity of their character, and the one who is mature has a faith unshaken by outside circumstances. As greater maturity is part of the goal of the epistle, here the author also signals or foreshadows that his harsh tone in the coming chapters is something of a trial itself. He speaks roughly with the voice of the law, so that the readers will respond with growth in the faith. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Concurring with the apostles, King Solomon, and the Psalms, that is, Psalm 36:9, Proverbs 2, verses 3 through 6, and Colossians 2, 2 and 3, St. James says plainly that our Lord gives wisdom to those who seek it from him. Wisdom is best defined as a skill of living, a disposition and aptitude to make good decisions based on knowledge, observation, and experience. Mankind, who suffers from sinfulness, cannot obtain true wisdom by himself. No amount of study, meditation, or asceticism will suffice to achieve it. Any worldly wisdom we might claim for ourselves is foolishness to God, per Job 5, verses 12 and 13, and 1 Corinthians 3, verse 19. So we are guaranteed to be fools unless God makes us wise. St. James encourages his readers that God is generous, gracious even, to those who ask and earnestly believe God will grant it. In context, given that trials were just mentioned, one might be tempted to believe this is merely asking for wisdom in the moment of trial, as though the believer is asking for deliverance through correct decisions. This is certainly part of it, but we cannot forget that wisdom and faithfulness, moral faithfulness especially, are tied at the hip in Scripture. From Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom exhorts men to continue in obedience, and thus the wise man obeys God. While St. James certainly does not discount that wisdom helps us endure trials, he also points to God as the great sanctifier of believers. All of our obedience comes ultimately from him. As St. James has it as his goal to make us into better believers, it is crucial that these verses open the chapter. Verses 6 through 8 say, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The only way by which someone can please God is by faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6. If someone asks for something without faith in our Lord, then such a request is unlikely to be granted, because it is not pleasing to him. Thus faith is a prerequisite to receiving wisdom from our Lord. Though it is certainly wise to believe in God, to believe in the gospel, and to believe in the gifts he gives, Faith is first and foremost a gift itself. It is distinct from the wisdom St. James speaks of, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. How, then, does St. James call for us to actively believe something if faith is a gift? Well, he does not call upon us to create faith, so much as he tells us to exercise the faith which we do have. Here the believer is called to say in his heart, I have been brought to Christ and converted as a believer. Because of this, I should trust that my God is a gracious God who makes this promise for wisdom. The believer is called to expel any doubts by reassuring himself in the promise which our Lord makes here, that his request may be made pleasing to our Lord. Believers do well, then to consult the Word of God, and to place their faith in what God says plainly to see that He is our generous God. The contrast is also made with the doubter. A doubter is unstable because, like a wave, he permits himself to be a victim of circumstances, thoughts, emotions, and opinions which are not in his control. A doubt is fundamentally intrusive to the mind. To ask something while doubting is to argue with one's beliefs while making the request. The term St. James employs for doubting, diachronomenos, carries a connotation of back and forth. The doubter never moves beyond deliberation, leaving him captive to objections that come from outside himself. As the nature of a Christian is changed, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus per 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that doubts come from something alien to himself. The old Adam, that is our old sinful nature, the influences of worldliness, etc. To submit to doubt is ultimately to submit to an attack on our faith which runs counter to the steadfastness that St. James wants to see in the believer. The steadfastness which comes first from rejoicing in trials and requesting from God, the moral fortitude and apt decision-making that help us get through it. Next week we will see how St. James begins to develop this trial thesis, but until then, our Lord bless you and keep you, Amen and Amen.